Uh, let me get to our message today, and hopefully it'll give you a lot of joy and strength. It comes from uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 23, and it is the nativity story. Let's read this together. Verse 18 says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus. Um, Lord, that changes everything. He changed everything. And God, I pray that through today's message that you'll just um, help us to realize exactly how he did. And Father, may you be glorified as a result. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, um, the nativity story was always a very special story to me growing up, but maybe not for the obvious reasons. You know, I went to church with my parents when I was a little kid. I didn't care about Jesus too much back then, but you know, church was always fun because your friends are there. And so I always went with my parents to church. Anyway, you know, every single Christmas time, they would force the kids to do the nativity story play, you know, for every Christmas service. And I don't know why, but I always got stuck playing, playing one of the wise men, never got to play Joseph, you know, not that I'm bitter about that still, but I never got to play Joseph, always played one of the wise men. And uh, it was great, you know, it's fun, but um, the nativity story will always be the story where one time I was, you know, remember we were on stage and Joseph was like picking up baby Jesus. And then right in the middle of that, it's, you know, like maybe it was Butterfingers. I don't know. Maybe he was nervous, but he dropped baby Jesus on stage, right? So wherever, whenever I think about the nativity, you know, scene, the nativity story, all I think about is baby Jesus being dropped, you know? So it will always be like that for me, you know? It's so clear. So I'm a little bit scarred in that way. But anyway, after I became a Christian, obviously the, the nativity story still captures my heart, but in a totally different way. But if I'm being honest with you, whenever I think about this story, the first thing I, the first things I still think about is the star that the wise men followed or the, the three gifts that the wise men gave Jesus. Or I think about the barn or the trough, you know, or the manger, I guess they call it, you know, where, you know, the dirty, dingy, smelly place where this all took place. These are the first things that come to mind. All to say that... A lot of times the last thing I think about when I think about the nativity story is the reason why Jesus actually came. And maybe you're like that too. We get caught up in the story, but maybe we don't get caught up in the why. And then, you know, even though I've heard this story hundreds of times, it's only during the oh, it's only during Christmas when I read this story once again, especially in the book of Matthew, that I really get overwhelmed once again with how amazing the story actually is. And the reason why God chose to write the story in the way that he did 
in Scripture for us. And so and it always makes me wonder, well, how come I don't read it more? How come I'm not reminded of it more? I really should read it more often during the year. But at least I'm glad once a year we get to visit or revisit it together. Because what God writes here is so profound, you know? Did you ever notice, did you even notice that God gives his son two names even before he's born he's, or he's ever born? He does. And it's through those two names that God tells us exactly why he sent his son to this earth. And secondly, the role that he really wants his son to play in each one of our lives. Today, I want to talk about those names. There's only two names, so there's only two points for today. And I pray that through this message, that it'll give you a lot of strength and a lot of hope, especially in light of the year that we had, especially if it was a very challenging year for you. So let's get to those two names together. The first point is this that I want to share with you. Jesus came to save us. That's our first point. Jesus came to save us. Let's look at verse 21. Verse 21 says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Um, you know, I, I got on the bandwagon very, very, very late. As a matter of fact, I'm very honest with you. I never went on Instagram until I came to this church, right? So yes, I'm, I'm ancient, right? But I remember, you know, before I ever got onto it, I always found it so curious that people would follow other people on Instagram. You know, I remember I was asking someone, I was watching him on his laptop, and I'm like, why do you follow that famous person? And that's why, and I genuinely asked, why do you follow that famous person on your computer? That's what I said. You know, and then they turned around, and instead of giving me a direct answer, they're like, oh my gosh, Eddie, you don't follow that person? I mean, if that's the case, who do you follow? And I was like, uh, I don't follow anyone. And they're like, what? And they were just absolutely, totally shocked. And, you know, and I didn't understand it for such a long time. I mean, why do people have this innate need to create their own YouTube pages? I don't know how many requests I've gotten. Please follow my YouTube page. Please subscribe to my YouTube page. Whatever it is. Why do people, uh, you know, why do people always have to take photos of their dinners and then put it on Instagram? Even if it's the dinner that they made at home and it turned out terribly. Why do, why do we have this need to like post things about ourselves and to follow famous people? and all that kind of stuff. And I never understood it for such a long time, but I finally do. And the reason why I finally do is not the reason why, it's because you guys all explained it to me. That's the reason why I finally explained it. But I realize the explanation is also in scripture, right? It says in the Bible, God, and here it is, here it is. God said that all of us were created for connection. Right? And that's when it started to really make sense to me. You know, all of us have this innate desire to feel connected. You know, we are relational beings. God created us in such a way that one of our greatest needs in life is to be directly or, or deeply connected with others. We have this need to know others deeply and to be known deeply by others. Right? Isn't that true? I think the lockdown this year totally proved that to all of us. Even my most introverted of friends, we're talking radical of radical introverts, you know, they, they would come to me and they say, Eddie, oh man, the first two months of the lockdown were so beautiful. 
But after that, man, I became so lonely, right? I was like, wow, it took you two months. It took me two hours. I'm like a radical extrovert. You know, I'm so lonely. And then they were, these radical introverts are even saying, man, I, I, I dream about having a coffee with somebody, you know, and just sitting there and talking with somebody. And I was like, wow. And, and that proved to me too. You know, we were created for connections. And the thing is, it makes sense because God created us to know others deeply and to be known by others deeply. We were created to be connected. And because we are not per perfectly satisfied in this area of connection, that's why we seek it in places like Instagram or social media. Right? And the reason why we're not satisfied is actually written in this nativity story. God says the reason for that is because of sin. Right? You see, sin did two things. Let me explain to you what sin is or what, what sin did. Sin actually did two things. Number one, sin severed the relationship that God had with mankind. And therefore, the relationships that mankind had with each other were severed as well. We had this perfect relationship with God. But sin, once the, the moment that we sinned, that relationship became broken. And the moment that we became separated from God, this quest or this search or this quest for intimate connections and for ultimate fulfillment in life began. You know, we were once fully satisfied in God alone. But the moment sin interrupted that and severed that, that's when we are in this forever search to be intimately connected with others and to be ultimately fulfilled by something or someone or something or somehow, right? That quest began. And the second thing that sin did was it introduced this ultimate punishment of separation, which is death. And it's not just physical death that we're talking about that was introduced, but it's also eternal death, right? Because of sin, death now exists. And an eternal consequence of death now exists as well. So the reason for our dissatisfaction in life or in our relationships or in our careers or in any of our pursuits and the reasons why they never seem to fully satisfy us is because we are filled with sin. And the reason why all those things will never satisfy us is because those pursuits as well as those objects of those pursuits are also tainted with sin as well. Sin has comprehensively infected all of creation and in an eternal way. And therefore, all of creation, including mankind, is destined for death eternally. Dismal situation, but this is the truth. And God knew this. But the thing is, God knew all this. None of this is a surprise to God. And that's why in this passage, he sends Jesus. And the first thing he describes his son Jesus is, is what? I'm, you have to name this kid Jesus. Why? Because he is going to save people from their sins. God knew that we needed salvation. God knew that we needed saving. And God knew that the reason we needed to be saved is because of those sins, those sins that lead to ultimate disappointment, but ultimate destruction as well, right? You know, the name Jesus actually means God is salvation. And what's telling us is that Jesus is not only God, but he's also our savior. And both of those identities are extremely important. You know, only a perfectly holy God 
could perfectly pay the penalty for all of our sins and then perfect, perfectly replace our sinful nature with his perfect holiness. Jesus is God, but he's also our savior because when he died upon the cross, he received the punishment for all of our sins, past, present, and future. Our complete sinfulness and our sinful nature was also placed upon him when he died upon the cross. And then when he resurrected on Easter, it proved that Jesus did indeed conquer sin and death forever, right? So that's what God and Jesus did so that we could be saved. So the question is, so therefore is all of mankind saved then? If that's what God and Jesus did for all of mankind and the world, is all of mankind saved? And the answer is no. All of mankind can be saved, but all of mankind is not saved. Jesus did all the work and made it possible for all of us to be saved. But the key to being saved is actually realizing that we need to be saved, right? And that really is the key. You know, for those who truly know that they are sinners who deserve death, this salvation that Jesus offers really is a wonderful, wonderful gift. It's such a welcome gift to us. But for those that don't realize that they need to be saved, then this nativity story remains just a story, right? I hope God is moving in all of your hearts right now to know that you truly do need Jesus. He's the only true source of satisfaction in this life. You know, he is the one that we've always been searching for. He's that eternal connection that all of us hunger and like thirst after every single day, right? And all that indicates to us is our necessity to be saved, right? That is our greatest need. And the reason why is because of our sin. We are all sinners in need of forgiveness that can only come through Jesus Christ. And the moment that we place our trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, not only can we be saved and forgiven, but now we can be eternally connected once again with God and relate with him eternally. We can know and be known by the God of the universe once again. And not only that, but we can now in all of our relationships here on earth, know and be known by them as well. Not using them as a source for our satisfaction, but now becoming the source of strength and joy for them. Revealing how amazing being saved in Christ really is. Right? I hope that all of us realize that being connected with God is what we were all created for. And therefore, and what we were searching for, to, you know, as well. And that is why Jesus came. That is why Jesus came to save us, right? I hope you put your faith in Jesus Christ today so that you can start that relationship with God today. I'm going to give you a chance to do that at the end of our sermon today, but let me get to our second point before we finish. And that's this. Jesus came to be with us. Jesus came to be with us. Verse 23 says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the second name that's given to Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And what this is saying is that Jesus is not only the son of God, but that he was born on Christmas day to 
be with us, right? Sin caused our relationship with God to be severed. Sin introduced death and condemnation. Sin infected us and the world in a way that causes evil, destruction, uh, dissatisfaction to remain, to reign among us. And in the first point, we said that Jesus Christ came to save us from those sin. What the second point is saying is that Jesus came to enter into our weaknesses. Jesus came to enter into our brokenness so that when we find ourselves overwhelmed, when we find ourselves distraught from the effects of sin in our lives, he could be there with us to comfort us, to strengthen us, to empower us, and to simply be with us. You see, salvation isn't just this, just this one-time event, but salvation is this gift, this gift of a journey that Jesus chooses to be with us, to travel with us, not to judge us or to condemn us, but to be with us, especially within our weaknesses, especially when we fail, especially when we experience the effects of sin and brokenness within our lives. Jesus is Emmanuel because, because he came to laugh as we laugh. He came to cry as we cry. He came to feel as we feel. And he even came to suffer as we suffer. Our God is a God that always wanted to step into our challenges and struggles so that he could be with us as we go through them now. And quite honestly, I can't think um, of a year where we needed to hear that news more than this past year, 2021, right? It was such a tough year. There were a lot of challenges. There were a lot of changes. There were a lot of uh, disenchantments that we experienced over this year. And it's still increasing, maybe even today. In my eyes, if you haven't truly been walking with God, there has never been a better time to invite Jesus Christ to walk with you now and to be with you now. Christ came to be Emmanuel which is God with us. And basically what he's saying is that he came here so that we would never be alone ever again. You know, Christmas is such a wonderful time. Uh, it's a time for family. It's a time for gifts. It's a time for eating. You know, it's a time even for church. Um, but this Christmas, I hope the nativity story isn't just uh, this story about the arrival of Jesus Christ. You know, I hope it ceases to be just a story to you. I hope it becomes a story that truly changes and impacts your life because Jesus came to save us from our sins and Jesus came to be with us forever. Jesus came to love you and to give himself fully to you. I hope you choose to trust him and to give yourself to him fully as well. Let's pray. You know, if you've never given yourself to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to put your faith in Jesus Christ today. Trust him for forgiveness. When he died upon the cross, he died to forgive all of your sins, past, present, and future, and to replace your sinfulness with his holiness. Only a perfect God could do that. Trust him for forgiveness. Trust him for eternal life, that he conquered sin and death forever. And when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, he says that you will no longer die as well. Trust him for your eternal connection and friendship 
with God so that you can once again walk with God, be with God forever. Because that's why he sent Jesus Christ, so that you would never be alone ever again. If you're going through some tough times right now, let's turn to Jesus. Let's ask him to be even closer to us. And let's once again realize that he is Emmanuel, God with us, and we are never alone. Let's pray. so much that on this day 2,000 years ago you sent your son Jesus not just to be a cute baby in a manger but so that he would one day die to pay the penalty for our sins so that he could conquer sin and death forever and so that we could be a part of that and Father we thank you so much that you invite us to be a part of that and every single day we can celebrate that Jesus conquered sin and death Every single day that we can celebrate that we are yours, that we know the God of the universe intimately and that we're known by him. Lord, I pray that that will become our greatest pride, the greatest pride of our lives. Become more special to us every single day. Be the true source of our satisfaction every single day. Father, we thank you that while we're in this world, we see that the world is tough. It's scary sometimes, too. But we thank you that you're Emmanuel. That no matter what we might be going through, we're never alone. That you're always there with us, comforting us, strengthening us, just being there with us. And we thank you that you're not just a friend, but you're God and you're in full control. And all that you do is out of pure love. And so, Father, we thank you that because of that, we can trust in you no matter what the situation looks like. And we thank you, God, that you're holding on to us, when, even when we don't have the strength to hold on to you. So continue to do that, God, in the lives of our people. So that you might truly receive all glory, honor, and praise from them. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.